if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I'm Chris Jeffa. I'm Katie Norgren, and oh, we haven't recorded in a little while, and I feel like my muscles are all tight, and I gotta stretch them. This guest, the guest this week is Chelsea Blair. Hi. She's a friend of mine, uh, hopefully soon a friend of Chris's. I like her already. Uh, she's great. Uh, she's a hairstylist and an aspiring death doula. Yes. I just completed a course to be a certified death doula. That's like, amazing. Two weeks ago. As uh, as our longtime listeners will know, Chris is, or has historically been, a birth doula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but there's no in-between doula, is there? For, like, yes. doing your taxes doula. It's like, <laughs> I believe that's an accountant, Katie. <laughs> I've definitely talked to people about how there should be someone kind of coaching you through most kind of pivotal events. points in your I life. I believe that's also called a parent, yes. usually. Parents are good, uh, like, life coaches. Well, historically, the doula, the doula is kind of replacing <laughs> the mom and auntie that would come in in, like, the birth setting. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so when people have moved mm-hmm. away from their families, if they're living in the city and their family lives elsewhere, then you hire a doula because, like, maybe sometimes you would have all of your parents and relatives and everything around you. Um, Or some people are just more private and would rather have a stranger coach them through that stuff than their parent. Absolutely. totally what I feel. And I think that that's true with the death thing also. Like, Mm -hmm. some people don't want to deal with their family's shit (laughs) when when they're trying to decide what they need. Stop trying to tell me how to die, Mom. Honestly, like... That that is uh, like a major part of what I'm supposed to be doing is advocating for people to just like make sure that they're doing what they want to be doing and Absolutely. not succumbing to the pressure it's your of day. around them. Yes, <laughs> your literally, it's your, it's your only special day. day. <laughs> um, I would love to get back into this in more in depth, but do you want to do a little quick check in? Um, yeah, absolutely. Some um, surfacey things. How, how was your week? Oh, okay. Turn it back on me. Why I don't you? did. Um, <laughs> you know, my week's been insane as usual, but it's a uh, it's a long weekend, so I got some time spent with my little friend who's turning five years old. And her little brother, who's now walking and talking, he's super cute. Awesome to hang out with the, those kiddos. Those are some sturdy kids. Yeah, they're good. They're hearty babes. Good friends. Good little friends. Cute. She's five? Yeah. That's wild. I know. She was born when I first got to Scotland, so it's been that long since I went there and had that adventure. So that's kind of weird to think about. It was a big milestone event in my life, so I can measure it by the ages of my friend's children now. Yeah. Yes. Well, I just, I still remember when you get older. getting the email that this baby had been born and that she was, like, almost 12 pounds. That's huge. <laughs> and she'd come out natural styles. Whoa. Yeah. Well, with a little assist, yeah. but... Bodies are amazing. Are they? Yeah. And she was born with just, like, the frowniest face. It was so cute. Oh, my God. The picture was just, like, that was rough, as if to say. <laughs> like, that was what her little face seemed to yeah. say. So that's, that's so, cute. That happy birthday, fine. Lucy. Happy birthday, Lucy, who better I, not be listening to yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her bubbles. <laughs> I was very happy with that. That's perfect. And that's a jump excellent. rope that she was very happy about. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can please a child with things from the dollar store uh, any day of the week. It was from the store, thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't want you to get our artisanal bubbles. <laughs> no. Ar- bespoke bubbles. Thing? Bespoke bubbles. These bubbles were specifically formulated for you. You fucking could. You could put essential oils in them to customize oh, for whatever, and then they burst and they're like, lavender. <laughs> <laughs> I want that one for me. <laughs> I'll make you bespoke bubbles, bitch. I want bespoke bubbles. 
Jules, I deserve them more than a five-year-old, because I'll fucking say thank you without being prompted. <laughs> Take that, five-year-old. That's real. She yeah. was very polite and said thank you. She right is a good kid. So, but, a sweet pie. You know, you could buy those, like, flats of the little things of white bubbles that you mm-hmm. have for wedding favors or whatever, and just put a drop of essential oils in each of them. It would actually oh, probably be pretty nice. I wonder if that would do That's anything an to, 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 to unbubble-fy it or something oh, like shit. that. You might need to, what's the word? Uh, Glycerin it up? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of the word when you uh, mix, like, an egg and oil together really slowly. Emulsifying. So emulsifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like what it. this podcast is. Chelsea was asking me on the way over, so what do you guys do? It's like, oh, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this. It's just bullshit. It's just this. Um, I got to go to these United States. Um, I went to... Look is that a show? Or no, is that, no, Oh, okay. I was like, the, the country? The United States. No. I don't know why. It's just, they, they say that. So I was thinking, like, the presidents of the United States of America? The band? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we went to uh, to Bellingham and then to La Conner and Anacortes. Um, there was a guitar oh, festival down there. Oh, awesome. We're guitar builders, and that's my guy is a guitar builder. Mm-hmm. So we got to go and see a bunch of guitars on display. Um, I did not go. I just wound up wandering around La Conner, which is where the Twilight books were uh, set. Oh, <laughs> so, perfect. That, that's very close to um, what is the actual... Uh, town that they're in. I thought it was La Conner. No, they go to La Push in it, and they are in Forks. Forks. <gasps> they're in Forks. Right! Oh, I just well, corrected I you on where Twilight was set. Shit, yeah, I was Katie. gonna say, like... Put me in a trebuchet some... and fling me to the North Shore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's very funny. Oh, Twilight. Well, I totally... um, it was in Forks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's the town that inspired it, though, right? Because then they also have, like, the... the Indian Reservation or across the... The Quailute, yeah. Yeah, but it's a difference. The uh, Stohomish. Right. And they built these beautiful, like, giant cedar hat shelters, like, you know, like a picnic shelter? Mm-hmm. But it looks like a woven cedar hat, and there's four of oh, them wow. on the banks, and it looks beautiful. Apparently there was, like, a big canoe gathering there, like, two years ago. Quite. I wound up going to the Natural History Museum in the town. <laughs> so I, I asked a lot of questions. That is my go-to everywhere I go, is yeah. I will go to the Natural History Museum or the Anthropology Museum or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll just go to the museum till I get Board, then have four drinks and then go and lie down in my hotel bed no matter where I am. Uh, yeah. So that was basically, yeah, I went to the museum and then I went to like a nice seaside cafe and because the guitar festival is on there's also live music, like mm-hmm, guitar mm-hmm. playing in every cafe basically. And then you had four drinks and then you had a nap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're always after my own art, Chris. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I had a nap in the car as we drove to Anacortes and then we wandered around. We ate... Uh, Clam chowder at four different places. It was like we did a little chowder hop. Is that a clam jam? I was going to say, that, yeah, that's like a clam crawl. A clam slam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And, uh, yeah, just kind of wandered around, found, like, I don't know, Ed is really just charmed and enchanted by places that seem like they're kind of 20 or 30 years in the past always. Mm-hmm. So, like, Anacord has kind of had that feel, especially this, like, pub that we went into, that mm-hmm. it just feels like a little college town, kind of cliche like, old barn like, like if it was like, a movie and you were in the first 10 minutes, you would expect to see a dead body at some point yes. to to spice it up a little. We definitely like wandered home and like the mist and the frogs were singing and stuff. And then the frogs went quiet and we're just like, it's dark. Nobody's out. It's Friday night. It was like super quiet and dead. And then we're just like, are we going to see like something spooky? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the mist rolled in and then we're walking barefoot in the grass. And I'm like, I will stumble over a dead body. I'm sure. Barefoot like, in the grass. Some jogger. Like. <laughs> Not a runner. He got away. <laughs> he ran. <laughs> With apologies to Ivan Decker, yeah. that is his bit. 
It's always joggers getting injured. <laughs> Tree fell in a jogger. The runner ran. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. That um, sounds like fun. Yeah. So, but, you know, we had a nice, we found like a kind of cheap motel, but it had a fireplace in the room, which was really, Cute. again, super throwbacky. It was like all carpeted, but then they'd cut out the carpet and put like a little wood floor down and then yeah. a little like thing, little fireplace, like, oh, cool. pod, basically, you know, like those old fireplaces. Like that a little potbelly stove. Yeah. I love those. And then a little Duraflame log, and so we just, like, fell asleep mm, on our king-size bed with the fireplace going, like, it was really nice. That sounds like a great so, little trip. a little vacation, and I took a day off work, so I, this is, like, two long weekends in a row for me. Thank God. I'm wow. extremely, extremely excited. But this close to losing her mind for the last couple of months. Yeah, and today, like, I've had a couple days off work, and I'm having that thing where you come down from stress and then you kind of go mm-hmm. deep and then you have to come back out again. So I was like so sad yesterday evening. Aww. Just like, and I'm ovulating and I played with a baby. So I'm just like, I don't want to have a baby. <laughs> 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 so hormones are a bitch. So I'm just like, take me to the woods. We're going to go camping tonight and have a campfire and just generally have some chill out time. So yeah. How Excellent. about you? How's your week? Mm, was, uh, uh, I got an ultrasound. Oh, yeah. I finally got that ultrasound to see if my IUD was still there. Oh. It is. Oh, good. <laughs> surprise, Where did surprise. you think it went? I didn't think it went anywhere. Okay, cool. I went to have it removed, and uh, the options doctor, who is wonderful, she just like she just tried for like 15 minutes and couldn't get it out. Yeah. She's like, I just can't find the strings. Was that painful? No. Okay, cool. Um, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it It, it was giving me, me, like, a bit of a vagal nerve reaction where yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, Ugh. like, I felt, not, <laughs> yeah. not like I was going to barf, but just, like, vaguely nauseous. Um, and like nothing's supposed to be in there. No, but, but <laughs> I, I generally, to go in there. <laughs> generally speaking, I don't have a lot of anxiety about those yeah. kinds of things, so it doesn't, like, make me anxious, which I feel like is, is something that really contributes to pain. Yes. Um, so I was pretty relaxed. Like, it was not comfortable, but, like, for 15 minutes, I was just like, you're not, you're not finding it, are you? She's like, no. So you have to go get a, this was a while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. so I finally did it, <laughs> and it was such a fucking, like, rigmarole, cause I hate getting ultrasounds, cause you have to, like, drink a bunch of water. It's the bladder problem. Mm. And then you have mm-hmm. to like... like the trolley problem. <laughs> Would you piss on one person or five people? <laughs> well, after you go to an ultrasound, you could piss on five people. Exactly. Easily. Easily. I've had, I've had lots of ultrasounds to look at my ovaries and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you have to fill it up so much, but then it's like, you always go a little too far because then they make you wait for a while. Yeah. You drink all the water and then they're like, oh, it's too much pressure. You have to let some out. And it's like, how do you let some out without... You pee a little bit. But then how do you And not... then you have to not pee after that. And that's the worst. You gotta hope that you got a lot of kegel strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping midstream is just like... And they tell you can't you change must... a horse in midstream. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't piss like a horse in midstream and <laughs> switch it off either. <laughs> I'm very funny. So you had a, a rigmarole? So I, did, so, um, I woke up uh, like 8.30 for my 10 o'clock ultrasound. They're like... Like, uh, two hours before you should drink this much water or whatever. I was like, uh, okay. Um, so I woke up, had my coffee, and then had the first, like, 20, li- 20 liters, 20 <laughs> ounces of water or whatever. And I was just getting ready and stuff, and I just mindlessly was like, oh, I have to pee. So I went pee. Uh. And it was 9, nine ten at that time. So I had 50 minutes before the actual appointment. I was like, glug, 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 glug. I just drank so much water so fast. I drank all of the iced tea I had in the fridge because uh. I'm like, iced tea is a diuretic. It'll... It'll shoot through my system a little bit faster because it's, like, all green tea. Mm-hmm. And I had two of those shaker bottles full of water. Jeez. And I got there, and they got me in at 10 o'clock exactly. Like, shout out 
to West Coast Medical Imaging in Coquitlam. They are the only x-ray and ultrasound place with above a two-star rating on Google. <laughs> what? In the Tri-Cities area. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like a 10-minute drive from my house, and they were wonderful. The lady, of course, was jackhammering on my bladder the entire time with this little... It's such a nothing device, but she presses it so hard, and it hurts so bad, and you're like, I will tell you what's a blueprint's off! <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I was trying to make jokes with her, and I was like, does anybody ever pee their pants when, they, when you do this? She's like, oh yeah, mostly the elderly. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not funny now. <laughs> I just oh, met no. someone young like me who's just dumb. Like... <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, no, not so much. You guys have control. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, um, I, am I allowed to look at it? She's like, no. I know, I'm sorry. But you can here. <laughs> so she like turned around and was like, yeah, the IUD is in place, but don't tell anybody I told you. Oopsie. Just kidding. It's fine. Anyway, like she you, just you named the place. I, like, no, 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 no. It's fine. They're not gonna listen to this. <laughs> anyway, it was really yeah. I was. She just showed it to me so quick. She was just like, look, there's your uterus and there's the IUD. It's mm-hmm. where it's supposed to be, basically. So. Mm-hmm. So that I could go and tell, like, the Willow Clinic, because I still have to have it removed. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not looking forward to. So mm-hmm. so we did that. Will and... they send the pictures to the clinic to be like, and they'll put a little X on there, and they have to go treasure map and <laughs> X marks the spot. Try to dig it have out. Have had it for seven years? No, I've Is had it. it a copper one? It's a copper, yeah. but it's, it's past its prime. Mm. They're like, it may not be as effective anymore. Like, I'm not concerned. <laughs> Don't. Not many men falling into me these days. (laughs) So not a huge concern for old Katie. So, uh, yeah. So I was going to get that out. Anything else I did this weekend or this week? Um, Yeah, it's been so freaking quiet at work Mm because it's it's summer term. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing to do. Really? Unless you're a student. Unless you're a student, and, and I'm then not. there's a lot to do. Then there's a lot to do. Sucks to be you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been fine. I didn't really do anything interesting. I have nothing to report on. <laughs> I, uh, did I even do comedy? Don't think so. You went did a foxhole probably at some point oh, in the yeah. last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I did any last week, though. So, you know, just taking it easy. Yeah. Just taking it real easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what I want to talk about when we do our, our solo episode next week is just, like, just like an advanced content warning for people is I definitely want to talk about stepping on the scale for the first time in two years oh, yeah. and the impact of that on my psyche, yeah. which was scary, but actually also fine. And I feel relieved that I know. So, <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. All right. How about you, Chelsea? How was your week? We'll learn about you now and then find out about the actual details of your life after. <laughs> <laughs> um, my week was busy. I'm in school full time and working one day a week. And so work was on Saturday, and before that was entirely, like, trying to get back into doing school instead of just hanging out with my friends all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, which I did not transition very smoothly into. Um, I have a lot to do. (laughs) And not enough time, I How many classes are you taking this time? I'm in four classes right now, and one of them is short. Like, one of them is done in June, so it's condensed, so it's kind of intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one of them's online. The online one is no fun at all. So I have to actually like find a way to make myself do it. Mm, yeah. What is it? Uh, I'm going to just figure out how much stuff there is to do all together and then block it in the calendar. Like you are working on this now. Oh, then, yeah. Cause then I'll be able to see when it'll be over. Yes. <laughs> and I'll be like, I have to stay on the schedule. I hate online <laughs> courses. <laughs> <laughs> because then it will be done. It's horrible. It's a uh, intro to social policy. Oh, that's social policy. Yeah. And it's like the driest shit ever. Well, I mean, until you do a stats course, probably. Right. I haven't had to do that because I decided to go into social work. Ah. So it's not an arts degree. 
Don't gotcha. have to do any math or science or anything. <laughs> Very great. Yes, I thought I could avoid stats, and then I did a public health master's, and they're like, oh, yeah. no, you need this for epidemiology and yes. everything. I'm like, but the public health that I want to do is like... I kind of want to know about p-values. Yeah, mm-hmm. way more, like, you know, social determinants of health and all yes. of this, like, community caring, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nope, still have to do stats. I'm like, is there remedial stats? They're like, yes, there is. And, <laughs> and everybody's in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Not a lot of math geniuses going into social policy and stuff, so. Yeah, if I if I decide to do a master's, then I'll have to do stats, but I'm not yeah. doing it now. Yeah. Hooray. Because I don't want to. Yeah. It Perfect. sounds awful. Is your online class one that you have to post, like, discussions? No, okay. it's just like reading and then writing tiny little like 200 to 450 word things about the readings that oh. are long and dry. Um, like each section seems to have like two articles that are like 25 pages long You'll on be top masterful. of the textbook. Oof. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm stunned. <laughs> oh, I don't miss doing academic readings. No. Yeah. Today, like, I was reading literally a Twitter thread by an academic, and I just got so tired halfway through. Because, <laughs> again, it was about Jordan Peterson, who I just... Oh, I, fuck! I, Can that guy just die in a fire? Pretty much. I, I, like... I, I should just be ignoring him, I know, but it's just we've we've... He's past the hump of his respectability now, and like the, he's on the major downward trajectory. You so read I'm like, the New York Times article. I have read it. Yeah, Good, yes. and the Canada Land podcast about it yes. is fabulous. It should be listened to. But it's Ooh. like he's just getting dunked on now. Yeah. So it's like satisfying to me to watch him get dunked on. And it's which hurt. Is, it's it, if the New York Times article is like at all accurate in portrayal of him, like he he is on his way to a mental break. Oh yeah, this man is not happy. He's not okay. Mm. Like somebody needs to check on him, but yeah. not soon. And just not me. Wait, <laughs> wait for a while. <laughs> just let him burn himself out until he's having <laughs> yeah. a little toddler tantrum. Are we basically the proverbial swamp witches? Like, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He talked yeah. about swamp witches. I'm like, oh, like a sea hag, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, just like a sea hag. Yeah. Oh, so, we are, because we are one thousand, the three of us are the absolute antithesis of Jordan Peterson. Like, <laughs> he would hate us. He would hate uh, us so hard. He'd be like, yes, when ti- the time comes for enforced monogamy, I will simply sterilize and murder you. Or something like yeah, that. That's what he would entirely. be like. Neither, was... None of you are suitable for procreation or Ugh. nurturance. Oh my God. God. I, I sound like Kermit the Frog. The fa- fucking enforced monogamy thing is just like, he's a Canadian. Did he not read Handmaid's Tale or did he think it was like a how-to or something yeah. like that? You see what he said about Betty Friedan's The Feminist feminist Mystique oh, or Feminine God. Mystique. He's like, oh, it was so whiny. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, I'm so I... sorry that these men are taking care of me. Like, fuck you. Yeah, that was astounding. The enforced monogamy part was astounding. Yeah, I just, that's just I, like it, that that piece just represented like he represents everything that I hate. Like actually, oh, yeah. and I it just keeps getting worse every time I read a thing about him. I'm like, wow, there's another element of him that I hate. Okay, I just hate that he's Canadian. It sucks. And yeah, that Double is suck. really unfortunate. He's like, and he's making a fuck ton of money. Eighty thousand dollars a month, month on Patreon alone. God. Isn't that astounding? That is like just donations. That is not speakers' fees. Something is wrong. Like if that's if, not his book. Royalties. Yeah, like there oh. is something has gone gravely wrong with the way that capitalism works. I mean, we all know that. But like, no, I think it's gone exactly the way it's supposed to. Yeah, is the problem. But like, if someone like him can capitalize that hard on like such bullshit, 
we've like society has failed. We really need to just stop. <laughs> we should just stop and like <laughs> try die. something else. Yeah, everything <laughs> just turn to goo. Turn, yeah. it, turn it off and then turn it back on. Again. Yes, exactly. Like this is really out of hand. We just gotta I mean, jump to a parallel universe or something. Trump's also out of hand, but whatever. Yeah, it's all out of hand. Well, we can't do anything about him. We can we can call. No, it. we, we can call in our Jordan own countrymen. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck back here, Jordy. <laughs> You're grounded. Yeah, I was I was yelling <laughs> online about no that. No more article. Joseph Campbell books for you. <laughs> and I said something to the effect of like. Like, I'm having nightmares about him running for office. Ooh. Um, and waking up in a panic. <laughs> and, like, planning how I will become the first female terrorist, if that ever occurs. <laughs> oh, there's been a couple. <laughs> Have there? Yeah! Yeah. Because I feel like that's a thing. Not a lot of white female terrorists, though. No, so would be... maybe first white female terrorist. I think it's, too, it's hard to be the first in anything these days. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tried to be the first person to lick my own elbow, but alas... It's not no, I can't reach. Can't do it. <laughs> I uh, I saw a tweet that reminded me of my own farm experience, and it's like if anything that we've learned from raising chickens, mm-hmm. it's when the male chickens start like needing enforced monogamy, like they, when they try to go after, like when the roosters lose it and they go after all the chickens, we don't give them more chickens; we kill them and eat them. <laughs> And yeah. I, it just made me remember. So, what are you it, saying we should kill the knee Jordan Peterson? I mean, I'm not not saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking. Uh, <laughs> Frog's legs. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I was reminded of my duck that you know he had a lady duck companion and she died and then he went after all the chickens uh. and it was quite brutal because ducks are just like extremely rapey. Yeah. And we definitely killed and ate that duck and it was mm. delicious. Mm-hmm. Sorry, duck. Yeah. So I don't know. Let- Are ducks rapier than chickens? Oh. Yes. Oh. We've done this on this po- on the podcast a couple of episodes. I think we talked <laughs> yeah. about duck penises and duck rape. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. That's too bad. They are monsters. I also saw some like another academic Twitter thread dunking on like his Jordan Peterson's obsession with lobsters mating for life or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And it's like most like crustaceans and shellfish are like hermaphroditic or they like mate in these group orgies like it's really not any like yeah and then it's like if he's so into lobsters why hasn't he also thought that we can prevent male violence by just like putting rubber bands around their hands <laughs> 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 also from twitter i loved it so much good. but yeah the the i yeah just realizing that i don't have the capacity for the language anymore was somebody who actually took him ideologically to task, like, in terms of his academic mm-hmm. leanings, and is like, okay, so he calls himself a post-postmodernist, but he's actually a, um, like, a traditionalist, or, yeah. or like, a modernist. Yep. Um, but he's trying to create himself as being post-postmodernism nope. without taking anything from postmodernism. Yeah. And so as this conversation kept going... I was just like, this is all true, and I am understanding less and less of it as we get further into this argument. Yeah. I got yeah. down to, like, tweet 47 out of 55 or something, and I was just like, I don't get this anymore. I don't know what <laughs> metamodernism is. <laughs> Which I guess is what uh, post-postmodernism purports to be. <laughs> yeah, no. This, like, I can talk about this like I know what I'm talking about. I catch myself doing this all the time. I'll just have bullshit conversations with people, and you'll be like, wow, you're really smart. It's like, I am not. Is the thing. <laughs> I just pick up enough to BS my way through conversations really well. Yeah. Katie of all trades. Cave all trains. Master <laughs> yeah. of fucking none of them. Oh, no. It's fine. It's, uh, because a friend of ours, you know, was, has been talking to me about Jordan Peterson stuff. Not recently, but this was, like, a while ago before he got even more kind of awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and really wanted to get into the, like, oh, but he's got some good ideas about this and this and this, you know? And I'm kind of like, okay. People used to say that Hitler had some good <laughs> ideas, too. Well... 
I got into God it with wind. someone about um, whether Jordan Peterson is responsible for like the community that is rising up around him, like whether his yep. ideas like make him accountable to yep. like the effects of the work that he's yep. doing. And I was like, yes, yes, they do. Small. And this person was arguing that he didn't. And they were and they were saying like, do we blame Hitler for the entire Holocaust? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, <laughs> actually, if they're going to be simplistic about things, I'm going to be simplistic about yeah. things. Yeah. What were you, sorry, what were you saying? No, I don't know. Like, I just I want to give credit to her, and we we have talked about this a lot just offline. Um, and I don't, you know, I think that. Yeah, she's she's just really going into like he's got a lot of like interesting philosophy, and I don't think and we should does. write off all this stuff. And it's like yes, but to me, like I just I don't even have the emotional energy to delve through and and take apart his like academic stuff piece mm-hmm. by piece. I just have a gut reaction, and I really don't want to apologize for that either. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like he's just bad, and I don't want to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like well, that's dangerous. You shouldn't just write people off because you have a bad feeling. And I'm like, but well, part of his uh, whole <laughs> I don't part know of his what whole dick, I think, is mm. that he's like he's like people are claiming he's the everyman's academic, like he's accessible. And oh, I can't understand anything he says, and I'm an academic. <laughs> yeah, um, that's because you're a very delicate, fragile woman. That's true. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, and I, I think that he is. I think that there are some good ideas, probably, but the way that they're being used um, to incite movement is dangerous. I like that distinction. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. And he needs to be responsible for that. And I cannot stop laughing at the guy from the article who wouldn't clean his room when his mom asked him to, but when Jordan Peterson told him to, right? he did it. That's... Fuck you, mom, I don't do what you say. Oh, Mr. Peterson, you're so smart. <laughs> Thank you, science daddy. Psychology yeah. daddy. I love you, daddy. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, the anyway. way that he was described made me think of Hannibal Lecter. Oh, sure, yeah. Except that this guy doesn't have half the charm. No. <clears throat> Not even a little. I mean, Hannibal Lecter could have gotten me to eat someone's brain a little bit. Probably. I know. He's, like, very I'm sexy. Definitely on board. <laughs> I don't really care which one he was. Like, <laughs> anybody who played him was pretty cute. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, he could get it. Hmm? Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen could get it any day yeah. of the week. Yes. In Danish or in English. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> so, if only Jordan Peterson was more of a Chad. If only he was more of a Chad and less of a less of an incel. He then. would love that. <laughs> he would just yeah. Let's definitely call him Chad forever. <laughs> Chad like Peterson. Chad yeah, Chad Peterson. <laughs> well, like statistically, Jordan is one of the douchiest names oh, you can possibly true. have. Yes, I like true. try to go through all of the Jordans I know, and there are there are some that I love, but they're douches. Yeah. <laughs> Every single Jordan I've ever known is a little bit of a douche. <laughs> it's a fact, and it comes with a name. There's nothing anyone can do about it. Huh. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Only you can prevent Jordans. <laughs> Parents of the world, take heed. Take take, take exactly. Heed. I feel like that name's fallen out of favor anyway. So, talking about killing Jordan Peterson, let's talk about death. <laughs> yes, let's totally do that. Good segue. Ca- caveat to CSIS, who is listening to this. Like, <laughs> we will not become the first female terrorist. No, yeah, probably not. Um, or even the second or third. Maybe not. 
It depends. We'll see. It depends how things go. Fix things and we won't have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely. So when did you first start looking into this program? Um, years ago, actually. Like, the program didn't exist when I started looking into this. Uh, the program that I took was through Douglas College, and it just, they just started it like a year or two ago. So to be very clear for our listeners who maybe glossed over it in the first bit, mm-hmm. you're looking at being a death doula. Yes. Yes. Uh, which in essence means, like, emotionally supportive people through their their end of life process. Um, It is a function to uh, alleviate some of the pressure off medical professionals, to alleviate some of the pressure off family, um, and to like provide people with emotional support while they're deciding what the fuck to do with Mm -hmm. like their last little piece of existence. Yeah. Um, And like making sure they have all the tools they need, like advanced care planning and like assigning a rep or a power of attorney or an executor or whatever. Like just like making sure people know what all those things mean and have all the things in place to make sure that all the things they want are being done. That is so good because family members don't know that. Yeah, shit. everybody's freaking out. Yeah. And they don't want to do it. And they don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Talking about death is just like a thing no one does very well because it's like one of those universal truths and we're all in denial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's something that I can't ever talk about with my partner at all. Like, yeah, she's so, she's so scared of dying and death in general. So we just like don't talk about it. So yeah. I try. I, I talk way more about it with friends than I probably should. Yeah, I. It was funny when I was sitting in the course. I was like, I I need to have all of these conversations with my wife. Okay, like we don't know. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Which, I have no idea what she wants. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just going to have to put a living will together and, like, put your name on it, too, just in case I'll be like, if somebody is going to tell them to give my organs away, it's probably going to have to be you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's okay. like, and, the, like, that would be the rep yeah. role. The person yeah. who's basically, like, your fucking bulldog uh, that will, like... Make sure that Run you... up against What about her parts? Get them out of there, she said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... Throw them in someone deserving! <laughs> Entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone who won't, and won't succumb to pressure, won't, won't succumb to guilt trips, won't succumb to like shitty family dynamics. Yeah. Um, mm. And will sort actually. Sort of invulnerable to those things. Yeah. Like I, that's not me. That's like the person that they're assigning. Like yeah. I'm just coaching them through making that assignment. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would Basically, be hard for, for someone to not like that you'd hire somebody to be that rep part. I think that that's kind of, yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, to be able to be like, you actually might want to consider naming somebody like this because you just don't want it to go to default Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which would be either your spouse or your parent or your oldest child. Mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is actually the order that that things go. Um, and if any of those people are going to be too much of a mess to be able to make those decisions, then it falls to the next person Mm -hmm. and that can Mm -hmm. get weird. Um, yeah, so my job is just to, like, empower people to make their own decisions about what they want and who they want to, like, be in those roles and making sure that they're getting all their needs met. Yeah, nice. And letting them know what all of their options are, too, because yes. there's so many that's like, oh, yeah, we just people just do this. It's like, no, you know, there's actually, like, four other things that you could do. Yes. Um, I'm thinking of, like, the birth doula thing, too. Like, that's a similar role where it's like... You don't have to get this procedure. You can opt yeah. out. You can do this different thing. You can do that different thing. You they can don't ask have to more questions. For the eyes. Yeah. yeah, whatever. So there's probably tons and tons of things like mm-hmm. in end of life planning that and encouraging people to slow down and think about what they're doing and not just like listen to the first person who's like you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually that piece, the slowing down piece, I think is uh, pertinent because it's just like everything's so chaotic and with like having a baby same thing Mm -hmm. everything's so chaotic and like 
wait a minute, what do I actually need here? Mm-hmm. Is uh, a really good question mm-hmm. in high stress situations. Yeah. My, um, oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No. My brother um, recently just signed a, not an advanced care directive or a living will or something like that. He's not sick, I don't think, but mm-hmm. uh, he just recently is, is going through a divorce. And mm-hmm. so, like, obviously if something happens to him, he doesn't want his ex-wife to be in charge of what happens mm-hmm. to him. So he was talking to somebody about, like, you know, what sort of funeral options you can have. And he's like, I don't think what I want to do is legal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that isn't. And yeah. Like, Most things I, aren't. Yeah. Uh, and the guy was like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I sort of want to be put on like a beer or a barge and pushed out into the water and then shot with a fire arrow so I can, he's like, no, that's not legal. Yeah. A Viking, Viking funeral. a Viking funeral is not generally allowed in British Columbia. Which is really unfortunate. So unfortunate, but you can't even like scatter ashes places. People just do it. Yeah. Who's going to stop you? What's You can't put him back in the bag. Yeah, no, you super can't. <laughs> you cannot unring that particular bell. Yes. Um, <laughs> do, do, do. My understanding is that it's just private property that you're not allowed to spread ashes on. Hmm. Like, as long as the property's public, I think that's a thing. Or it's the opposite of that. What if it's your own private property? No, you be can't. Fine. No, I think it's fine if it's yours. Yeah. Or if you get permission from the person who owns the private property. So, like, if the if the property is owned by the state, then, like, they're going to say no. We, uh, for we, example. We tossed my grandmother off the uh, Lone Butte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, her ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, and also on top of it, where it presumably blew off. Uh, yeah, so we were all like, just got these little like half cup scoops that we're like going around with, and just it was pretty bizarre. That's awesome. This was a couple of years after she died, so it wasn't super fresh. Mm-hmm. Neither was she. <laughs> nice. Sorry. No. Nope. No apologies woman. for death jokes who, here. Who owns Stanley Park? <laughs> Stanley. Okay. It's Stanley's Park. Right. Okay. Well, don't don't tell Stanley. <laughs> That tree does the one that fell over that they fixed with other trees. <laughs> anyway, very good. Yes, but yeah, it's like I know what my partner wants, but it's yeah, basically a Viking funeral thing. So I'm like, okay, but what about a realistic option? Like, mm-hmm. what would you want to do? So mm-hmm. and then have those conversations. Yeah, and uh, the process of dying has become so medicalized, and we like most. I want to say a larger percentage of people die in hospitals than anywhere else, mm-hmm. um, and. That, that might not be ideal for someone. They might want to die at home, and they might think that that's not an option because they're really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it totally is. Yeah, at-home hospice mm-hmm. stuff is totally a thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a funny place to say that I want to die. <laughs> 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 like, take me out. But then I thought of something that isn't funny that's actually very meaningful, which was that during the AIDS crisis, there was a man who uh, had a jacket that was, uh, it was like a leather jacket, and he had been emblazoned with, if I, if I die of AIDS... Um, don't bother with a funeral. Just drop my body off on the steps of the CDC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, nice. that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, there's people like turning, turning death into something very meaningful, I yeah. think, which is definitely something I would expect a death doula to Political. assist with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not your responsibility like, to do it for them, but yeah, for people and for people to just identify what those things are, like what they want. Um, and what's important to them mm-hmm. and remind them that they're alive still. Yeah. Like, I think oh, that there's yeah. a thing that happens when you like for people who people that I've known that have gotten gravely sick. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like they, they forget that they still have to live mm-hmm. or not even have to, that they still like want to. Um, and then it just all becomes about like when it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still so much, like, even if it's just a little bit of time, it's still a lot of time. Like a day is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. A true. month is a lot of time. It's true. I actually just, I read, um, 
I want to say it was, I think it was the death of Aldous Huxley, um, mm-hmm. who died uh, after being, I wonder, I should probably double check that and make sure that that's who it was, but it was somebody who was basically like injected with a huge dose of LSD right as they died. Mm. Yes. And it was great. like, it was like, give me, it was like, talk, so it was like his wife's um, write up of the, of the experience basically. Uh, and it was like, yeah, he died very, very peacefully after that. He seemed like to relax completely mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it was like somebody who was very into being a psychonaut and tripping um, and found that really, really helped mm-hmm. uh, during the last few few days of his life so yeah, yeah. yeah and it, but it is like it's like the whole day right like mm-hmm. that's quite a bit of time especially if you're just waiting yeah yeah they do that with like dmt experiments as well because that's like the drug that's released in yes. your brain when you die and when you're born yeah. so again the parallels are just kind of astounding yeah mm-hmm. so it's like to sometimes not jumpstart the process but at least like get people used to that sensation mm-hmm. people do dmt trips like when they're chronically ill mm-hmm. and they'll still come out of it but it's like then they get used to like oh yeah i'm just gonna go back to that place yeah and so it's not scary anymore. Yeah. Some There's some experience. stuff going on with, like, research with, like, um, uh, therapy treatments with MDMA and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, like as, uh, like, the medical world starts to kind of experiment with, like, using substances to alter people's states so that they have different experiences while they're going through major life transitions and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see if that doesn't become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, I can think of, like, a handful of people that would be, like, I'll be a DMT shaman for people that are dying. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can count me in, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk regrets. I've had a few. But <laughs> something, something. But then again, too few to mention. <laughs> We've talked about regrets on the podcast before in terms oh, yeah. of like. That, you know, butthole surfers quote about it's better to regret something you did than something you didn't do or, mm-hmm. you know. I having... don't know, is it? Well, yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> I really regret murdering that guy. <laughs> but, you know, like. Like, I a... really regret saying that thing about terrorism on that podcast about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now I'm in space jail. <laughs> Well, because I'm thinking this will be played in the future yes. to like indict you, like this is where it all began. Yes, they'll take, take your memory cube oh and put God. it in memory prison. I hope I go to space jail. That would be great. They're gonna send you right to Bitch Planet. <laughs> yes. Ah, we did a thing on Bitch Planet in school. It was the best. Anyway, nice. everyone should read that comic. Give those people your money. Give those people your money. Nice. Give the good people at Bitch Planet your money. Yeah. Um, but you were saying in your course around being yeah. a death doula, they brought up the topic of regret. Yeah, we talked about um, fears and and potential, and a big fear for people being uh, regretting things, um, and what people typically uh, classify as life regrets. We talked about that stuff extensively over the course of one day, to the point where I was like, are we still on track? Like, this seems like we're talking about this a lot. I wonder if we're falling behind. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we talked about the things that people were afraid of in terms of dying, uh, and a lot of it was, like, pain and loss of control and, like, not being a person anymore and not being remembered um, and being alone, like, which is you know, one of those paradoxes where it's like, you, you, you kind of do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're with people, but you take the last step. Yeah. You, t- you take the last step super by yourself, uh, which is pretty terrifying for a lot of people, mm-hmm. myself included. I am, yeah. 
Um, never by myself deliberately. <laughs> You're going to take someone out with you? <laughs> I mean, but there's nothing I can do about that piece. Yeah, like, I, I'm going to have to figure it out. <laughs> there's like a big piece of meditation stuff where it's like you kind of practice being just alone with your mm-hmm. own mind and your own thoughts. And it's supposed to prepare you to have like a peaceful death, I think. Right. Isn't that one yeah. of the biggest pieces of that's totally a thing. meditation, Buddhism and yep. things like that, where it's like, yeah, to prepare you to just gently slip into death like a warm bath, basically, yeah. and it's not afraid because you've been to that place before. Mm-hmm. You've been practicing. Yeah. It's, I feel like I've listened to a lot of Pete Holmes and Joe Rogan-type podcasts that we talk about, like... They Does talk about Joe Rogan talk deeply about death D- stuff? DMT, anyway. He's, like, oh, 25% good. extremely intellectual and thoughtful. And yeah. I know. But, like, 25%. I just really yeah. wish he would lean into that 25%, because there's so much potential. Yeah. But so, I feel like when I talk about this stuff, I'm just regurgitating Pete Holmes. Sorry, Katie. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I still have affection for him, even if it's not love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've been thinking a lot about... Um, uh, about that sort of like mystical shit, and I realized like just simply conceiving of death as being exactly like it was before I was born is incredibly comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of nothingness is 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 not disturbing to me. Mm. Whereas whereas my wife finds it incredibly like she the the idea of even thinking about infinity or thinking about like like the end of something like that is too much for her. And I'm just like, well, I don't remember what happened beforehand. I I can't imagine it was all that bad. Mm-hmm. I assume it just felt like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it was just no perception at all. And in which case, like, I don't feel like I have to fear that because I've already done it. Where were you during the Renaissance? Where was I? <laughs> yeah. Where were you, Katie? Where was I? I like to think I like to think that I was probably some muse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like to believe more in reincarnation stuff than I'm anything else. I'm absolutely sure yeah, I, I was shoveling shit or something <laughs> like that back then. No, but in the, in the metaphysical sense of, like, you weren't alive, like, you yeah. was you, so it's like... A lot of the world happened when you weren't there, mm-hmm. so it will continue to happen when you're not, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, like, horrifyingly privileged perspective on whether I think reincarnation should be a thing or not, and it's like, if I got another shot at, like, this existence, like, if I could just keep doing this one, <laughs> then then cool. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like that because I'm not doing a very good job with this one sometimes, I find. <laughs> Let's try something else. Let's try being a beetle or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe you get to pick. Like I wrote a John short story Paul, about George that, actually. I knew you were going to say that. I fucking knew it. In my mind, I was like, a dung beetle. <laughs> I was like, this, this bitch going to bring up that band. <laughs> And then if, she did. If I had to do over, I'd be Ringo. <laughs> he's like, he seems like the most good. fun, and he's still alive. So. And he got to be on Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Peace and love, peace and love. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's you got to be really Mr. Cool. Conductor. Right? <laughs> um, but <laughs> to go back to your... Like, so you guys spent a lot of time on it, and you're like, why Why are we I mean, I, I knew yeah. why we were, we were focused on it, um, because I think that understanding what people might be thinking about and experiencing emotionally while they're in that moment is, like, kind of exactly why we are a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I get it. I get why there was a lot of focus on it. Um, is it part of your job to sort of normalize it? To be like, hey, like, you're you're not the only one thinking about this yes. right now? Like, this is extremely You're being common. so selfish, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Why, why are you always thinking about yourself, Jordan? Yeah. Or like you think you're so special and unique, but you're actually not. Everyone has this fear. Like yeah. that could be comforting for some. Yeah, it's like there's. That's an interesting question, actually. The like, is it like, is it more 
um, soothing for a person to think like I am in this on my own and I'm having my own thing that's happening that's just mine and like no one else is going to understand or is it more soothing to think like this happens to everyone mm -hmm. like these thoughts and feelings and panics and like hopefully periods of total solace happen to every person yeah. I guess it depends hopefully. on the person yeah yeah, yeah. Um, my mom, I, did I talk about my mom, uh, going to be with her cousin while she was dying? This was very recent. This was about a month ago, not mm -hmm. even. Uh, but my mom was very close with her cousin. They were the same age. They lived together for a while after she moved out of her parents' house. Uh, and she got, it was just so sad because she got, like, her husband passed away from a very quick acting cancer. And then, like, six months later, she finds out she has liver cancer. So it took her pretty quickly. Um, and my mom went to sort of be there for the end. And my mom was scheduled to fly out literally at the time that her cousin had the maid, you know, medical assistance mm -hmm. and dying, um, scheduled. Mm -hmm. And on the day she was supposed to leave, she was like, are you sure that you want to do this? And the cousin was like, yeah, this, like, I woke up ecstatic for five o'clock today honestly mm -hmm. like I'm so ready uh and so mm -hmm. my mom was like it was this very it was a very peaceful thing there was a lot of laughing mm -hmm. there was a lot of crying there was a lot of hugging and that kind of stuff it was just like it just sounds like that's how it should be like even Absolutely. though it's a totally unfair situation that somebody who's like barely in her 60s should have to die from a horrible painful cancer yeah. and, and leave her you know like adult son but barely like 30 or mm -hmm. 31 year old son yeah. without any parents at all like that's so sad mm -hmm. yeah so but well, this um, is the beauty of medical assistance in dying is yeah. that like it's giving people so many choices about so much how they power about how to how yeah. to end things yeah which is it's such an important thing. I'm almost like, I'm so glad that that exists. I'm like, yeah, me too, because you've just been telling me that I'm going to have to kill you for a super long time. Yeah. So luckily there's professionals that can help with that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't um, want to, like, <laughs> pillow my mom's face or whatever. No. Um, and I, the first day of the course, uh, the instructor was telling us that lots of people think that the thing that death doulas do is minister made, and Woo! it's totally not the thing that we do no. at all. No, 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 Um, I was stunned. That, that didn't even cross my mind as, like, a misconception people might have. Like that, a doctor will have to do that. Yeah. It will need to be a doctor. Definitely a doctor or a nurse. Definitely not me. Yeah, <laughs> if somebody's going to feed me barbiturate pudding, I expect them to have gone to school for quite a while. Yes, entirely. Um, so regrets. Yeah, we talked about, like, how people tend to review their lives when they're coming to the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that, like, makes them think about things. Uh, and I guess somewhere somebody did a survey as to, like, what dying people regret. Uh, and the first one was wishing that they had the courage to live true to themselves and not the life that other people expected Aww, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was like, oh, God. <laughs> Like, it's so, like, yeah, uh, even as somebody who, like, visibly lives, like, an alternative lifestyle and that kind of stuff. Like, and right. you too. Like, yeah. Um, well, think of, like, like, think of super old people that just, like, don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And they start, like, saying all the things that are inappropriate, like, to their families and stuff. Like, that's the mask coming off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, there's, like, there's no time left, so might as well just be me. Whatever that is. Uh, yeah, it's just, like, even even with, like, the freedom to do whatever I want living in a, in a modern mm -hmm. age or whatever, like, I still restrain myself so much based on what I think other people want from me. Yes. So and that's some like lady type stuff. Oh, as that's well. some major that's lady some, type like, stuff. Serious. Women it's extra double plus things. bad for yeah. for lady types, but I mean we all do it to a degree. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, emotional labor and all that caretaking. Aye, aye. and such. Uh, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. 
was the second one. No worries there for me. <laughs> yeah, I, like that one. I was like, I had a shitty little uh, period of smugness <laughs> when that like, one no came up. There. I was like, I like I've worked, but like not in ways that I feel I missed out on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't feel like I've chosen work over other shit I've wanted to do for like the majority of my life as some people probably feel yeah uh because and that's capitalism. some that's some man type stuff if we're gonna yeah talk that's about totally some man like, type stuff for where sure. it's like you have to work and you have to be a breadwinner provider blah yeah, blah blah but provider, then it's like producer like but then they don't spend enough time with their families yeah. and really 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 regret and miss that yeah totally so. they miss out on their kids growing up and like just mm-hmm. all sorts of sh- stuff again more reasons to break down all those kind of norms so that exactly. everyone can just kind of be who they want and do what they want with their mm-hmm. own time yeah mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also capitalism. Boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, we're everything, everything we're fed is that we need to produce, mm-hmm. and that there's, like, a degree to which we need to produce, and it's just increasing every day. Yeah, that's becoming a bit of a gender equalizer, because now everyone has to do that. Yeah, everyone has to do that, and, like, women are expected to do that, and they're also expected to do, like, all the domestic emotional everything as well on top of that, and it's absurd. Yes. Um, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. That was the third one. And I mean, that's a tough one. That's a seriously tough one. Uh, Especially like if it's not a sure thing that someone else is going to receive your feelings well. And I don't yes. just mean romantic ones, but just like being upset with people and like making it clear yes. and people being like, well, if that's so hard for you, then we're not going to talk anymore. And then like going away. And Yes. Oy. Yeah. And like not even acknowledging that that's like a valid thing that you might feel away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could talk about that for a whole other podcast. <laughs> Emotional yes. validation. Oh, yeah. I could I talk it. about that for an hour I love plus. Validation, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even, so even if it's Katie, felt... you're awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's validation that's just like, okay, I heard I heard what you said. Like mm-hmm. even if they're if the person isn't necessarily gonna do anything about it, but just to have like heard it, mm. I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big totally. Time. Or um, other big regrets. Uh, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Right? Mm-hmm. Not me. My friends are lame. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, like, okay at staying in touch with friends. But yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that is... It's hard. That's actually, like, uh, social slash community slash, like... Uh, Existing in a space with other humans is mm-hmm. actually my life purpose. Yeah. Like, it's all I do all the time, forever. Yeah. Um, Social determinant of health. Yes. Is that, yeah. Connectivity. Yeah. yeah that's definitely my number one priority. Um, you just want to be in a puppy pile? I basically? just want to be with people all the time. Can't relate. <laughs> and I want them to be with people that they, like, should go with. <laughs> like, I put the people together. I love With being... other people that they should go with. Nice. I love being alone so much. <laughs> Are you, Jeff And I surround myself with people who like to be alone. And then I'm like, but I have this one other human that you might really like. And then they get to be friends sometimes. And it's really cute. Were you an only child? No. I have a younger brother who is not the same as me at all. Okay. It's dark. It's just weird. Okay. Yeah, no, because Chris and I are both only children. I mean, I have two older siblings that I'm not, like, I never lived with. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we were very yeah, much only children insofar well. as, like, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, wanting to be around people all the time is completely... But, like, I would I would wither and mm-hmm. I would wither and die as much as I love to be alone if I didn't have people that I could call on. Yeah, know, I want or both. See or, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like, I spend a lot of time by myself, but I reach out and mm-hmm. always have those connected tendrils, so I want to always nurture those mm-hmm. connections as much as I can. So I definitely see that about, like, totally losing touch, because then you get, you know, 
oh, my friend that I haven't, you know, I went to college with and I haven't spoken to them and I wonder how they were and we used to be very close or whatever. That would be really sad. Like, I did have, like, a break with a friend of mine from high school and now we're just kind of slowly mending that back together and it's mm-hmm. really nice like that's lovely and it took her kind of moving across the like to a whole other time zone like she lives in new zealand now wow Holy doodle. for us to then like now sometimes we talk more yeah than we used to when she lived out here so. sometimes people are better when they're separate mm-hmm. like people are better to each other when they're separate mm-hmm. I, I have... which i think is hard for people to wrap their heads around sometimes like if you love someone you should want to be around them it's like, what if, like, actually I love this person more if they're in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love, there's certain people that I have really great relationships online with. Yes. And I love to see them in person, but really the best relationship we have is, yes. is like, this distance where, like, we support each other sort of, like, hands-offedly in, yes. in one another's lives. I think yeah. that, that's a nice thing, too. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, technology. So, I'm like, Thanks yeah. for making it so a regret easy to foster those relationships. That I'm less worried about. Yeah. And so the work in that one, not mm-hmm. so, not so, not so bad for us, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, well, maybe the work one. I don't know yet. But. The the work one will. I'll have to see how my life. I know, like, so going into it, I know that I don't want to have my life structured in a way that I don't spend time with my family and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Right now, while I still don't have kids, while I still have like lots of friends that I'm still able to connect with and stuff like that in a pretty easy way, I can kind of throw my my like self kind of face first into work, Punk. but the work that I'm doing, I feel is really important for like systemic change overall. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I really want to plow through this for like a couple of years. Do as much mm-hmm. as you can now. Yeah. But I don't want that to be like a long-term thing. I would no. much rather have a more balanced. That doesn't help you thing. define your life mm-hmm. so much. Exactly. As, yeah. 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 Cause you are a person uh, with value outside of what you've produced. Exactly. Are we? Yes. Oh, but I produce so I many know. documents, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I many documents. Which is many awesome. Documents. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. See, but documents trees. are good. <laughs> Eat a dick, trees. Um, I've cut so much hair. I don't know whether that's, like, helped the world. I don't know. It makes people <laughs> like, feel good about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... It, You've made a lot of people much better looking. Yes. That has entirely that, been my job. That helps that's, us all. so good. I hate looking at ugly people, so thank you so <laughs> yeah. much. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I'm helping. You, you, you're one of the people who make my ex-boyfriend so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mike. He's not listening. <laughs> cute. Anyway. Um, and the fifth one being, I wish I'd let myself be happier. That one's fucking crazy. That one is fucking crazy. I can't let myself be happy with something. Um, yeah. I need to poke holes in everything. Yep. Because I would rather poke the holes than have someone it. else do it for me, and then I'll be surprised and upset. Yes. I'm like, I'll just do this so it, it falls apart on my own terms. Yes. So stupid. Mm. Or just, you know, like, you just have a penchant for being in control of things. That's oh, all. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> and I think that, like, so I mean, much. everybody's definition of what happiness is is different. Uh, so letting someone be, really be like, happy or letting yourself be happy can look a lot of different ways. Like, like for letting some people, enjoy letting something. yourself be happy is just like working all the time because that's what they want to do, which is in conflict with number two, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, and determining what it is that makes you happy and then like doing that thing regardless of what the people around you want to do or want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or what they think you should be doing to make oh you God, happy. That's so hard to do because one thing that makes me really happy is when everybody around me approves of what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> right? Yes. That is a false happiness, though. Uh, it, but it feels like a real one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's the, like, do what you want. So I, we talk about this a lot, about the, the individual kind of self-driven thing versus the community thing. Yeah. 
and like how do you figure out what you're doing that makes you happy despite what everybody else says kind of thing but yet you're still connected within a community it seems like that's what you like to do right like you're connected to yeah. lots of people that share similar values about how we yes. be happy together and, and maybe I, yeah maybe pruned off some of the people that disapprove with that or whatever yeah I've um made a point of like making sure I'm relatively happy and then like doing the things that I need to do to ensure that at mm-hmm. other people <laughs> so that like they want to be around and then, yeah, people will gravitate to you. It was like, hey, yeah. that seems cool. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about you, if that helps. <laughs> I mean, that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get along with everyone. If I did, that would be weird and I was, we were, we were, Chelsea and I were chatting when I was asking her to come on the show, uh, and I, I, I don't remember what I made a crack about, but you, or something about someone being very Slytherin. She's like, yeah, even, even in comparison, I'm barely a Slytherin. I was like, you're not a Slytherin. She's like, yes, I am. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> she's so nice to me. Yeah. She's so, and we talk about feelings and emotions so often that I don't ever see the calculating and, yeah. and schemey side. But it's something that I keep under wraps most of the time, but it's very, very effectively, it's very useful. It. <laughs> it's very useful. Yeah, it's we're Slytherins in a similar way, I think, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you can still be kind and no, do good. Coding. <laughs> yeah, you can still be kind and do good, but you kind of are focused on like this is my trajectory, mm-hmm. and I'm doing what I'm going to do, and I'm going to adapt to whatever situation so that I still get what I need. Out snake of it. motion with your hands. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just kind of how I feel. That's about what it, it. is. Um, I have people in my life with which or with whom I like exchange snake emojis because like we just realize that we're doing a Slytherin thing. <laughs> Me, it's usually social engineering. Ah, yes. Yeah. Kind like of puppet mastering all the humans around me. <laughs> See, I bet a lot of people wouldn't look at that as being calculating. They'd just be, they would just call themselves a Hufflepuff about that. That might be more of my situation than I <laughs> might have done that. Although the people that I've set up have always been by accident, usually to my detriment. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, yeah, but you're like yeah, you're like a community hub, social coordinator kind of person. Yes, I dig that very much. Yeah, I totally do that stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and it like it fulfills me and terrifies the very introverted people that I keep close to me. (laughs) I want to know you. They're just like (laughs) no. (laughs) I like pick out the quietest person at a party and be like, "What are you about?" <laughs> and they're like, ah! Tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just, you're interesting because you're not showing me anything. What's going on in there? <laughs> I like it. Do they usually crack open? Yeah. Or? It takes a while, though. You're persistent. But I'm so nice. It's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe that is the Slytherin, is like to get as much dirt on people as you can. Just, just I'm a so, fucking hairdresser. What did you expect? So no one can ever get one over on you. Not necessarily that you're planning to use the things, but that you can if you must. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving away all my secrets. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just, I just realized because sometimes when I, my identifying as like a very, like a very soft, sweet, helpful person, but I'm also like a 25% huge bitch. Like Katie. You have no chill. I have no chill at all. I have <laughs> Which, zero. Like, I think chill. it's part of why we get along so well. Is I have because no we chill. both have no chill. I have no fucking chill, and I also love to gossip. Yeah. Not in ways that like I don't want to tell secrets about people to people who will take them and weaponize them and then make things difficult for people. I just want to talk to like Chris about dumb shit people I know have done. Yes. <laughs> 
And then it's just the two of us talking. Do you about know we're gossip? The like the root of the word. Have we talked about Is it this just before? Talking? Or? No, it's. Um, I learned this in my like crazy political science feminism class that I took last term. Uh, gossip is rooted in like godparent, um, or god speak, and it's like it stems from like all the women gathering around because somebody's gonna have a baby. And there's no men because somebody's going to have a baby and they've all run for the hills. Um, <laughs> and, like, it's that, that time where, like, women are gathered in village-like settings in olden times to deal with this, like, new life that's coming into the world. And then they get to talk to each other in private. Update everybody on yeah, all the they actual get to, things Exactly. They happening. get to exchange information and talk about their families and, like, tell each other their feelings and support each other. That's where gossip comes from. And it was, like, kind of co-opted and made into this really negative thing Mm -hmm. because nobody wants women gathering and talking to each other. No. That's, like, the makings of revolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, No wonder they wanted to medicalize childbirth so much and rip the midwife out of the community. Exactly. Like, Like, get everybody (laughs) away from that woman. Don't let her, like, have any access to any emotional support because then she might think that she's, like, worth something. Mm Mm-hmm. Medicalization Maybe. of birth and death. Mm-hmm. Yes, both. Like, let's isolate people. So That's what I do is great. not gossip, it is shit talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that gossiping is political, and I think that it's, like, important work that women do Whisper to keep shit. each other safe. Yep. Yeah. Um, and when any, whenever I hear anyone say I don't like gossip, I'm like, I love gossip. And I, like, fly in their faces about it. Because I'm just like, have you fucking thought about this? Well, have like you how... thought about what you're saying? It's impressive. Like... You're spicy. I like that. <laughs> That's very good. Nice. Yeah. Um, just as we kind of wrap up, like, mm. reflecting on, on the course that you did, are you finished it now and you're yeah. going to start practicing? Yeah. Um, I'm in school full time, so I, yes. I kind of want to dive into it. And I, um, I actually, like... The, the initial reason why I wanted to take the course in the first place was actually to do abortion dueling. Oh, yes. Um, I totally wanted to... That. Really? Yeah. Not, like, as a actual, like... Uh, I've just gone with people to Yeah, like, mm-hmm. being the emotional support to people who are terminating their pregnancies or who are experiencing miscarriages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had forgotten... Enti- it was so long ago that I'd forgotten entirely that that was the reason why I pursued this. And so I'm, like... I've been thinking about, like, how to connect with uh, women's clinics in the city and, like find other women that are interested in doing this work and, like, maybe create some kind of group and um, kind of get that rolling. But, like, I don't have fucking time. Yeah. Like, I'm in school full-time, and, it like, I'm doing a social work degree, so that will complement the other work that I want to do eventually. But, yeah, like, I yeah, I want to do this stuff, and I don't have time. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make some later. Mm-hmm. And were there any major takeaways from the course of your own like, reflections about what you want to do and what you want for your end-of-life planning, or is that still, like, something that's way down the road? And obviously private, so you don't have to share it on here, but, it like... Made me, it made me reflect whether I'm, like, living my best life. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me, like, think about if I had, like, a day, if I, like, got hit by a bus and was on life support, if I had a year, if I had, like, these different incremental amounts of time, like, whether I would be satisfied with where I'm at, and I felt pretty okay... And I thought that that was, um, it's nice to reflect on that every Mm -hmm. now and again. Just be like, hey, is this okay? Like, if I got hit by a bus right now, would this, like, would I be satisfied with how this is gone? Um, And I think that the answer is yes right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's still shit I want to do, but if I don't get to do it, I mean, I'll be dead, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 